Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, April 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, Theresa May will head to an emergency EU summit in Brussels to ask for an extension for the UK to come up with a Brexit deal. Next, AT&T is talking about possibly selling HBO Europe in order to pay down its $170 billion debt load. Then, Levi Strauss enjoys some good news after revealing its first quarterly earnings as a public company in more than three decades. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. France has signaled the UK could remain in the EU for almost another year, but will have to meet strict conditions. The offer comes after Prime Minister Theresa May met French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Angela Merkel yesterday. France has long been seen as the biggest hurdle for the UK to gain an extension to Brexit. But Mrs. May will now have to face other European leaders in Brussels at an emergency EU summit today to gain final approval. The FT's political editor, George Parker, reports on what could be a long night for the UK Prime Minister. So originally Britain was intended to leave on March the 29th. That date slipped to April the 12th. And now Theresa May is going to be asking for an extension until June the 30th while she tries to sort out the AMPAS at Westminster. But it's going to be a humiliating visit for Theresa May because the European leaders are frankly getting fed up with the idea of these rolling extensions and are talking about the possibility of saying to Theresa May, look, if you can't get a deal sorted out at Westminster, we think the best thing to do is for you to have an extension right through till early 2020. That's almost four years after Britain voted to leave the EU. Now, while that might make some sense in terms of the time Theresa May might need to try to resolve this mess at Brexit, it really risks inflaming her Conservative Party, where 110 Conservative MPs voted against the government in a vote in the House of Commons on Tuesday night, against any sort of delay to Brexit. And there's a growing view among the hardcore Brexiteers that Britain should just simply walk out of the EU without any deal at all. Now, that's a contingency that EU leaders want to avoid at all costs, they think it would be economically disruptive and damage relations between the UK and the EU in quite a profound way. The home of Game of Thrones might look a little different soon. AT&T is thinking about selling the European arm of HBO to cut its $170 billion debt load. Last year, AT&T acquired Time Warner, which owns HBO, for $80 billion. But there has been internal rifts since the two companies combined. And sources say HBO Europe is just one of several assets the U.S. telecoms group might sell. But AT&T declined to comment on the potential sale talks. American jeans maker Levi Strauss is enjoying a little success after its return to the stock market. In its first quarterly earnings report as a public company in more than three decades, Levi announced it would be opening 100 new stores this year. It also revealed that revenues rose 7%, and the company produced a net income of $147 million. That's compared to the $19 million in losses Levi experienced a year ago. Levi first floated in 1971, before going private in 1985. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. Uber could take the wraps off its filing-to-market regulator soon, making it the next big tech company to go public. But the ride-sharing app has battled image problems, thanks to a troublesome former CEO and long-standing labor issues with drivers, which makes people wonder how Uber's eventual stock market listing will go. 
But one benefit of Uber's later S-1 filing is that it saw a competitor test the waters first. The company watched on as rival Lyft's share price went through its own wild ride in the weeks after it went public. And Uber, along with everybody else in tech, took notes. Certainly the management of Uber, their bankers, and frankly, like lots of other companies in Silicon Valley that are thinking about going public have been paying a lot of attention to what's happening with Lyft. Shannon Bond is the San Francisco reporter for the FT. You know, it's the first big tech company to go public this round. Um, There was a lot of anticipation. I think there's been a fair amount of disappointment in the share performance. And so it may be, you know, giving people a little bit of pause and thinking about do they need to recalibrate their expectations about the enthusiasm for these big unicorns and and how they'll actually perform in public markets. So it sounds like Uber isn't in its own class, like it, it could experience a down round. Is that right? Well, I'm not sure that we would we'll see a down round for Uber. Um, so their last private valuation was about um, 76 billion dollars, and you know the indications going into this IPO have been that you know investors and bankers are are talking about this being sort of in the hundred billion range in terms of valuation. Um, but I think you know the question is how aggressive can they really go? And this is always the challenge in an IPO. Um, the you know, the management and the bankers are thinking about pricing where you want to have, you know, what's called like a nice pop on the first day. You want the, the share price to go up, but you want to be able to maintain those gains. What happened with Lyft is they had a nice big pop, um, but the shares are, you know, have since, you know, had a really hard time maintaining that level and are actually back down below their IPO price. And that's not what, what you want to see over the long term. What does the bad press that Uber has experienced mean for it going public? Well, it means that their risk factors section, where they basically have to disclose everything that could possibly go wrong about the business and that you know has gone wrong about the business, um, is going to be really, really long, probably longer than we've seen from any company in recent memory. Um, and there's sort of two dynamics to that. Uh, you know, as you said, there is this this history of of, of past troubles. They're 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 the fight between the CEO, the former CEO and the board. They have a long history of clashes with regulators. They've had there's a lot of lawsuits against the company, and a lot of these things take a while to resolve. And so, things that are like ongoing litigation, ongoing government investigations, like some of these things do need to be disclosed to investors to say, hey, we are the subject of these, or you know, we may have these kind of legal liabilities. Um, and so that 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 will take up probably significant room. And I think a lot of that people people know about that, but it's still going to be striking to sort of see it all laid out there. And, and reminder of the really tortured history in a lot of ways that this company had. Um, the other side of it is the the kind of the more going forward side of it, which is is the business model. And a lot of that does come down to driver classification. They've won some battles in this area where they've you know settled lawsuits from drivers who wanted to be classified as employees. But still, a lot of this this is happening kind of on a market by market basis. They're dealing with different regulators. There's still questions about. For example, in California, there's a Supreme Court ruling in the state that says um, that limits how companies can classify uh, workers as as independent contractors versus employees. And it's not yet clear how that will play out in actual law and what impact that'll have on Uber. Um, So I think there will be quite also a bit of disclosure about, you know, what the further risks to their business if laws change and if regulators decide to go after them under different ways. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following U.S. bank CEOs as they testify to Congress and hearing men to examine the 10 years since the global financial crisis. We'll also be keeping an eye on the Federal Reserve as it releases the minutes of its March meeting. At last month's gathering, members ditched their plans for U.S. interest rate rises this year and signaled just one increase in 2020. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. 
make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.